0: You're listening to the Roanoke Valley Church podcast. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Welcome to those of you who are from Roanoke in the area, from those who made the trek from Blacksburg and Radford, and most importantly, those who made the trek from Lynchburg. We are so excited to be able to worship with you guys. Um, before we start, we're going to pray. I need to pray. <laughs> All right, let's bow our heads. Dear God, thank you so much for this time that we do get to just come as a family from near and far, being able to join in, in coherent worship um, of you, of your son, of your spirit. I'm just so grateful for this opportunity that we do get to uh, just have this time of fellowship. Um, maybe it's reconnecting with old friends or uh, building new friends or whatever it is. Uh, I'm just so thankful that we do have a time when we can uh, just sing our praises to you and we can open our words together and engage in, in communion and even contribution with one another. Uh, God, please speak through me, remove me from the pulpit um, as I do you deliver your message, God. Uh, thank you uh, for everything and especially this lovely family we have here today. In your son's name we pray. Amen. For those of you who aren't too familiar with my face, my name is Jonah. Uh, I am currently an an intern with a campus here in uh, Radford at Virginia Tech. And Rodeo College, too. That's right. Uh, And yeah, I have the opportunity just to deliver the message to you guys today. So you guys can go ahead and start turning over to um, the book of Philippians. And we're going to be in chapter 3. a little more background about myself. I graduated this past spring and with a bachelor in psychology. So I love working with people and getting to know people and seeing your guys' habits and things like that and being able just to do my best to be able to help people. And I think even as I pursue ministry in this line of work, I wanna be able to do so effectively. So that's kind of what brought me here today. And I hope in this time that I can uh, Yeah, it just helped bring us closer to God um, through his word. So we're actually starting off with a scripture that's meant a lot to me. Uh, It's just this this past year, I would say. um, If you've spent any sort of time with me, I have probably shared this scripture or at least referenced it in some capacity. So for now, we're going to start off with the two verses. Um, It's Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. So these are the two in particular that I normally share with people. they read, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And this scripture was just such an encouragement to me um, I think, as anyone who would who's graduated college knows, you don't really know what's, what's going to happen next. Um, so this this was a scripture I was able to hold on to because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing next, but man, I'm going to strain forward in my faith regardless of where I end up, what I end up doing, and when I'm sharing with this with people, people might say like, or they might ask like, okay, like how are you feeling about the semester? And this is the scripture that comes to mind for me. I'm like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened last semester, but this semester, we're straining forward. Or, I know a lot of people have shared, like, oh man, like, I had a terrible day at work, or like with classes and stuff. I'm like, you know, amen, bro. Like, look at the scripture, strain forward. And I think that's usually just as far as I take the scripture. And it's, it's been helpful, I think, in, in mediating those, those feelings of angst or anxiety. Or just insecurity and not knowing where I'm going to end up. But I think that the scripture just has so much more to offer than just like a little band-aid or remedy that we can take because it's a, it's a message that, that feels good. Um, I am naturally someone who has a very guilty conscience. Um, I literally, I will linger on the smallest of things. Uh, for example, when I was in preschool, that <laughs> I went to a daycare called Rainbow Station back in Richmond and uh, they used to have little like, learning stations that you would go play at to kind of engage in different type of activities. My favorite was the Lego station. Um, I kind of grew up loving Legos and that's kind of where it all started with it, the Lego station. I remember one day, I would, we, me and my friend Robbie, we were playing, right? And There was a little yellow, just, just a singular Lego that I didn't have. It was like it was like a three by two, had a little slope at the end, and it had two dots at the top. And I remember I was like, oh yeah, I can make like a bird out of, this, out of this Lego piece. But it didn't belong to me, so I took it home from daycare. This was almost 20 years ago. And if, you show, like, if I dug through my Lego box like my parents have in the attic, I could easily identify, oh yeah, that's the Lego I stole when I was four. But I think that's just kind of who I, who I am, who I kind of grew up being, where there's someone who would just linger on those tiniest of feelings, the tiniest of guilt that I would have. And uh, I think this is why the scripture resonates with me so easily is that it's a message that Paul was sharing is that, man, I can, I can forget everything in the past and strain forward. That's a message that I wanna hear, and, you know, trying to fulfill my guilty conscience. Um, but I think it's, it's hard because I think the reason it's so easy to love the scripture is because I can take that kind of little bit out of context and kind of use it however I want and however I feel it helps me best without taking the rest of the message. I can share this aspect of Christianity where it's, look how amazing and good this is and how much it can help you because there's no, there's no cost. There's no push and pull that message there's no kind of i need to give something up to get something back so i think i want us to be able to walk away from reading this passage not only seeing oh i can forget about all the things behind me and, and just go but what that costs and exactly what uh, paul was talking about because i think it was so much more than just leaving behind the things that we don't like about ourselves or the things we feel guilty about. I think Paul was trying to help us become people who are formed to be more like Jesus. Amen? So I do want to go back and read the passage um, to its entirety. Because I think we get just so much bigger of a picture than even I immediately um, like to give credit for. So back in Philippians 3, starting off in verse 1. It says, Furthermore, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safe, safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law of Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. forgetting what is behind and straining forward. What is ahead? I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take view on such things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we already have attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have used us as a model keep your eyes on those who live as we do for as i have often told you before and now i tell you again even with tears many live as enemies of the cross of christ their destiny is destruction their god is their stomach and their glory is in their shame their mind is set on earthly things but our citizenship is in heaven And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And it becomes so much more powerful. When we look at this full context, it's so much more than just a, I'm running away from something. But no, we are being formed to have bodies like Christ. My first point for you guys today is, you're not that guy. Because I think Paul does kind of take that, take that stance as he's, as he's talking. He's, he says that, he comes up with this like humble brag. He's like, I, you know, if, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Hey buddy, you're not that guy, you know? It's, it's because he is someone who, who grew up and did the right things, and his whole life kept with the law. And I think myself being like a, a kingdom kid or someone who had grown up going to church, I can kind of feel that way. I can feel like I know the right answers. I know the Bible stories. And sure, I can easily relate to kind of Paul's attitude there. But I think on a broader scale, many of us can relate. We can hold on to the things that make us seem higher or better uh, than other people in society i would say probably 90 percent of us had have some sort of college education in this room most of us have some sort of car to get here most of us um, have a job or even on a scripture note we we know scriptures we know how to share our faith with people and i think those are things that we can that we can put pride in I think we get to see that most when we introduce our, ourselves to new people. I can be like, okay, hi, my name is Jonah, I'm 23. And we start just listing off these things about ourselves. Like I'm a student from here, I work here, I miss religion, I am this ethnicity. And maybe, maybe you're not like, just listing off things about yourself when you introduce yourself. But it also comes out in, the, in when we ask people, when we're asking them, you know, where are they from? These are some of our first questions. Is we want to hear about the things they do. Because generally, that's where we find our our identity. It's where we're putting our confidence and our pride. So my question for you guys is, where is your confidence? Where is your pride being placed? Paul is kind of challenging the churches here to have this complete change in not only mindset, but priorities of What we're putting our stock in he wants us to have this goal of of becoming a citizen of god's holy kingdom and i think this is where the idea of you know that i love in the scripture of leaving everything behind because yeah i do i want to have this citizenship in heaven and what that takes is leaving my life behind And that's that's kind of the easy part, is leaving all the things that we don't like about ourselves behind. But what about the things that we are putting stock in, that we're called to leave behind? Because that that message does sound easy until we're able to put that full picture together. Because in verse 7, it says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider losses for the sake of Christ. Even more so, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. And there's that that kind of condition I was hinting at earlier, is that everything that we have is to be considered loss when we compare it to gaining Christ. That's an, an intense thought to have, that everything that we have gained, everything we've worked for, everything we have prioritized, anything we've put stock in, it should be considered a loss, something we have been defeated in when we compare it to that life of gaining Christ. That's hard. And I think as I'm, I've been uh, searching for a ministry job, um, there's opportunities that I can continue to spread God's message and uh, work for different churches. And I think I can put so much stock in the things I've done, um, like different internships. Shout out Hampton Roads Internship. I'm there for you. Uh, but whether it's all the Bible study I've done, I, I can just put so much faith in and knowing that I have put in the work to work as a minister. But no, I'm called to have that as a loss when it, when it comes to gaining Christ. He sees the life that, that Christ has made available for him in the scripture, and man, Paul just becomes so grateful that he's like, I need to strive for that and nothing else matters. Nothing else is on my priority scale because before Christ, there is nothing else. So I I want you guys to be evaluating your life. How would your life look different if that was your mindset? If all of your priorities were pushed to the side for the sake of running the race of Christ, really engaging, and citizenship in his kingdom, first and foremost. If your mindset was to strain forward towards grace, what would that change about you? In verse 15, he says that those who are mature should take such view on things. And I believe the thing he's referencing here is this heart of complacency that we can have not only those who are mature, but even those who are younger, who become kind of complacent in our walks with God. We begin to consider the things we do as kind of extra, or uh, there can be a, a, when we start deprioritizing other things, we can kind of see this bigger pendulum swing, where at first we consider the spiritual things we do, like serving or going to church as the most important thing, the thing that we put value in. And I think that if we're pursuing God and really um, trying to heed the scripture, we can almost fly to the other extreme, where we say, but Jesus died for me. I don't necessarily have to do all those things now. It can come out in form of legalism. I don't want to do X, Y, and Z because those things are just legalistic. I don't have to do them. I think that's, that's the heart that Paul's addressing too. Is that sure, Like we don't want to just be doing deeds and doing the works and the things because it makes us feel better. We should be doing those things for grace. But on the other side, we can't just stop doing things because we don't want to do things for ourselves. No, we need to do them out of this heart of grace, and it is this giant pendulum. So I ask you guys, where do you guys fall on that spectrum today? Which side do you, do you lean towards? Are you doing all the works and the things in order to kind of promote yourself, put stock in the things that you're doing, having those as your top priority, is just making it to church so you can seem like a good Christian? Or have you kind of given up on doing all the things for Christ because he died for you and no longer live for gratitude. Where are you today? Because I I believe that God wants us to have that, that beautiful middle where it is, both sides of, man, I'm working, but I'm working for grace. I'm working towards grace, rather. Because, man, Jesus sacrificed so much for my life. And that's Paul's hope for the church here in Philippi, was that, man, to be those who are straining towards grace, man, God died for me. He took a hold of my life so that I get the opportunity to go to church, to serve the poor, to share this gospel message because he died for me. So before we kind of wrap up on this text, I did want to share just one more thing that's been on my heart. I think that this that this text references. And uh, this past week, I actually turned 10 years old spiritually, which means I was, I was baptized back in 2012. I was, I was a wee child. Um, and for my little birthday, I wrote out 10 things that I have learned since being baptized. Granted, 90, 90% of them were things I have learned in my past four years of college. Um, but I think that's kind of where rubber really hit, hit the road. And as a child, like, you know, you're just going to church with your family. And sure, I, I definitely made Jesus Lord, but it just became a lot more real when I got to school. And number one on my list that I wrote down is going to be my final point for you guys today. And that is that this walk with God is too hard to do alone. So I think in my 10 years, I know that I would not be here today without the help of you guys, and without the help of a lot of those married people who are gone too. So um, to I think, man, I, I just owe it so much to the people who have been there to show me, show me my thoughts where I, I feel like I can't see them, or to point me in the right direction and give me input. And I think where this ties into the scripture is in verse 17, where Paul says, join together. following my example and just as you have us as a model keep your eyes on those who live as we do and i love what the the uh, new living translation says it says pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example and i know that paul was writing this and i i know that as jesus was you know bearing that cross that they never intended this challenge of trying to work towards grace rather than working for grace to be something that we do alone. It's impossible. It wasn't intended to be done alone. I think there there are so many places where in this pendulum that we need people to show us kind of where we stand, where we tend to step, which side we tend to hug towards. And it's just so important to have people like Paul's in our life to show us where we are. And we definitely do have, all, we all have Paul's in our life, whether it's John and Lindsay here, or Cody and Brittany, or uh, Ben and Melina, um, I mean, they have guided us and done an amazing job at serving us and providing for us and helping us, give, give, giving us input where we tend to, to be blind. But what about times when they aren't here, when they aren't here to to worship with us, when they aren't here to, you know, be watching our every move and when they're too busy being married and stuff. We need people who who are gonna be in our lives to help us figure out where to move next, where we stand in this pendulum. People to give us a push when we do feel stagnant or stuck We can't do this alone, and God never intended us to do it alone, either. And It's by far one of Satan's biggest lies that I wrestle with that I have to do it alone, that I don't have the right amount of support, that um, people don't care enough to kind of walk with me and check on me, and man, that's that's where Satan is winning, is in that lie. When we need to, when we can't, we feel like we can't rely on others. We can't strive spiritually without people to provide perspective. We can't strive in our faith, man, if we don't have people who are pointing out the perspectives in our lives where we have trouble seeing. Because just imagine what it would be like if we were all in this place where we are willing and able to help one another in this way. If we are, we're all there to kind of help center our lives not to just to do the right things, but to do what we're doing out of a gratitude for Jesus. Constantly reminding each other, man, Jesus died for you. How different this family would look. Man, how welcoming and, man, how eager we would be to kind of invite people into this. Into this beautiful home we have. Our church becomes a place where people feel loved and taken care of. Needs are met and people felt seen and heard at all times. I think there'd be less burnout, feeling like we're doing too much, We just kind of drag ourselves to church every every Sunday and kind of having to just, yeah, just drag ourselves around. And I think there would just be this overflow of joy knowing that we get to live with those who are just so embedded in our lives and fighting for us. And as we leave here today, Man, let us be those who bask in the gift of grace that Jesus gave us. Not doing so to kind of fill our own stomachs, as the scripture says, but rather striving in what we do to glorify Jesus' life and to become citizens of God's domain here on earth. Amen.